I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, a food writer and a director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from our studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every deli and supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi ramen izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I will try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. And my guest today is Steven Lyman, who is a shochu expert and the founder of the website called Kampai.us, the theme of which is bringing izakaya culture west. And shochu is very important alcohol beverage from Japan, but it's not known as much as sake in this country. So today, Steven will tell us all about it. So, hello, Steven. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. I'm a big fan. <laughs> thank you. So first, um, you're known as a shochu expert, but uh, but you have a completely different job, and as a, as a medical researcher. So how did you get into shochu? Uh, I actually was out with friends one night, and we walked into an izakaya, not knowing what an izakaya was. <laughs> okay. And the uh, waitress introduced shochu as Japanese vodka. And they mm-hmm. had a special on Tuesday nights where they would give $20 off a bottle. Mm-hmm. So my friends and I thought it was a really cost-effective way of drinking. <laughs> right. So, and I think that place was uh, Izakaya Tendas. Unfortunately, it's closed now, but uh, that's, that's right. of, like, one of the first places to educate people. Right. And uh, then you started to go to Izakaya Ten every Tuesday? Just about every Tuesday. I think in the first year we went between 35 and 40 times. <laughs> okay. And uh, who are your friends? Uh, so my friend uh, Mike uh, Slavin, who actually built the website, mm-hmm. and uh, Ian Bradley, who designed the website, mm. and then also a friend of mine named Dean Weston, who's now living in Tokyo, which makes me really jealous. Mm. Right. Well, the, we're not going to go into the website too much, but uh, this Kampai.us is amazing uh, resource uh, for, you know, the whoever is interested in Japanese culture, Izakaya and Shochu. So I listeners, please visit the website. And um, and I heard you happen to visit uh, Shochu regions in Japan on business uh, around the same time, right? So you were kind of exposed to uh, Shochu culture. Well, I had visited Japan the first time around that time. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when I was there, I didn't visit Kyushu. That came later. Okay. My, uh, But I did spend a lot of time in Izakaya in both Tokyo and Osaka and just fell in love with that mm. entire <laughs> style of dining. Okay. How do you describe the style of dining? Well, from Izakaya 10. Right. Oh, okay. Right. Once, once I went to uh, Tokyo and, and uh, Osaka, I just I was on my own. I was on a business trip, so I just started walking into places that looked interesting, and people were friendly, and mm. I muddled my way through the menu and drank right. a lot of beer and shochu. And right. had a good well, it's time. interesting because uh, shochu is really enjoyed widely in Japan at, at izakayas, versus sake tend to be can be served at the more expensive places too. So, kind of to me, shochu is a little casual beverage. That's right. It, it started as a blue-collar drink in southern Japan, and only more recently has it become popular nationwide. Mm. So what is special about shochu for you? Because there are many other spirits than shochu. I, I've always liked to pair my, my food with 
with drinks mm. and I can do that with wine. I can do that with beer mm. and with uh, sake, but they're all sort of heavy because they're all fermented. They're all brewed. Mm. They have a lot of residual sugars. And so with what I discovered with shochu is this is a spirit that pairs with food, which is really uncommon. Mm, right. So it's cleaner and uh, the lighter. In, well, we're going to talk about the details later, but it's a little lighter in alcohol. That's right. It's about 20 to 25 percent usually, mm. uh, which is lower than a whiskey or vodka or rum or other distilled spirits. And then because of that lower alcohol percentage, it pairs well. Mm. And then because it's not heavy with the residual sugars, you can drink mm. uh, more easily without feeling really full. Right. Okay. And uh, how did you study shochu? By reading or taking classes? or? I started by trying to read, and that's actually why I started the website, because there wasn't much good English language information. Mm. And then I developed friendships with a number of uh, people who worked at Izakaya mm. around the city, uh, and they just began to teach me. And okay. as, I, as I was introduced into the New York Japanese community, I met more and more people who could guide me through that experience. Mm. And I uh, heard that you, uh, you have also worked in the distillery in Kagoshima Prefecture in Japan? In the last three years? That's right. So for the last three years, every fall, I, I've gone to Ichiki uh, Kushikino in Kagoshima mm-hmm. to work at uh, Yamato Zakura, which is a handmade shochu dis- distillery. Mm-hmm. There's only about 10 uh, handmade sweet potato shochu distilleries, and that's one of them. Wow. And you mean in Japan? Like 10? In, at least in Kagoshima. I'm not oh. sure about other prefectures. Okay. Right. Well, we're going to talk about the regional, you know, like uh, distribution <laughs> later. Um but uh, what do you say? I mean, you cannot just go visit the distillery and let me work, right? How did you find uh, the job? So my first trip to Kyushu was in 2012, and I visited with a friend of mine who's a jazz pianist, uh, Seikai Ishizuka, here in New York, mm-hmm. uh, who's from Fukuoka. And so we started our tour in Fukuoka, and then we went down to Kagoshima. And I had met uh, Mr. Komasa from Komasa Shuzo in Kagoshima, uh, and asked if I could visit. So mm-hmm. Seikai was writing the emails back and forth, but then Mr. Komasa uh, brought along a translator uh, with us, and then he asked, what would you like to do while you're here besides see my distillery? And I said, I'd really like to see a small distillery, and I'd also like to eat in your favorite izakaya. Don't mm-hmm. take me to some fancy restaurant where you take <laughs> VIPs. Take me to like where you like to go when you're just going to relax. And mm-hmm. he did both of those things. And the small distillery he brought me to was Yamato Sakura. Mm. But that's really, they're open-minded, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you speak Japanese uh, quite a bit. At that time, I did not. I started no? studying actually after that trip. Mm-hmm. And it was the impetus was when I contacted through the translator who we had uh, met in Kagoshima, mm-hmm. uh, I asked her to contact Yamato Zakura to ask if I could come do an internship. Mm-hmm. And the Toji, the Toji is the master distiller, he said uh, he can come if he learns Japanese. So that's uh-huh. when I began studying. <laughs> Right, but still, I'm impressed. They're very open-minded. I don't think they have any interns uh, from foreign countries ever before. The, the Toji is really interesting. He he lived lived in Tokyo for eight years doing advertising, uh, and so he has a more global world view. Mm-hmm. Where many of the Tojis you meet, they're from small towns in rural Japan, and they don't necessarily think globally. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a big difference for that distillery. Okay. Do you know how many generations they are? I know that they opened around the time uh, that Japan opened, so around uh, Admiral Perry's time, so it was in the 1800s. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, how was the experience? Was it hard? And I, I mean, I, I work as a medical researcher, and I'm, I'm always paid to work with my brain, mm-hmm. not with my body. <laughs> <laughs> and so, the, the day starts at 5 a.m., 
uh, washing the sweet potatoes. And this distillery, which is actually a very small distillery, it's still a, a metric ton of sweet potatoes every morning mm. that need to be washed and then prepped before uh, the production can begin. Oh. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a one-man job. Wow. Okay. And, but you got to see everything, the whole process of making. That's right. Every day, every step is happening for different batches of the, of mm. the shochu fermentation process before distillation. So I was able to see in a 10-day in a visit, I was able to see all of the parts several times. Mm. And, um, the, but the days would be 12 to 15 hours long. Mm. Uh, so it was a much harder physical labor than I was used to. Oh, my God. <laughs> so first really, day really you sore. can move. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Right. Um, and I heard uh, eventually you're now uh, certified as shochu advisor. That's right. This summer, uh, they offered the first shochu certification course in the United States, which was in Los Angeles. Mm. And I took the course with several other students uh, to become part of the first graduating class of mm. certified shochu advisors here, trained right. here in the U.S. So you're now sensei. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, so I'm sure many of our listeners do not know much about shochu. So what is shochu? Shochu is a traditional distilled spirit, and that's what makes it different from sake. Sake is uh, brewed. Sake's closest relative is actually beer, mm. uh, even though we often call it rice wine. Shochu is distilled, so it's one more step after fermentation mm. uh, in which you evaporate the, uh, the alcohol out of the, out of the mash, mm. and then it reconstitutes into liquid form again on the other side of the still. And then w- that's why there aren't any residual sugars, because none of the solids come through the right. process. Mm. So it's distilled, and then what kind of ingredients there are actually, I believe, 50 or f- between 50 and 54 different ingredients which you can make shochu from, oh. which makes it very different from other distilled spirits or mm. other alcohols because it's not so much about what it's made from, but how it's made. That's mm. the big distinction for okay. shochu. Because uh, wine is grape and the sake is rice, so and what kind of ingredients? So yeah. the most popular, as I mentioned, is sweet potato mm-hmm. uh, shochu. Uh, but the first, the original shochu was almost all rice uh, mm. because sweet potatoes weren't indigenous to Japan. It was only after the Portuguese imported sweet potatoes mm. that uh, sweet potato production began. But now, so sweet potatoes the most popular, uh, but then rice and barley mm. and uh, soba shochu has become popular. Buckwheat. That's right. That was developed in 1970 in Miyazaki Prefecture. Uh, okay, so I didn't know it was so new. Ah, okay. And also heard of sesame, green tea, chestnut, carrots, you name it. That's right. There's actually a milk shochu, which, <laughs> which has a little bit of the aroma of the sourness of milk. Mm. And it's almost like the aroma is almost a cheese. Mm. But then the, the shochu itself tastes just like any distilled spirit. Okay. So even has, as far as there's a starch in it, you can convert it to sugar and an alcohol. That's right. right. A lot of those... Uh, more rare ingredients like green tea or sesame. There's not enough starch in a sesame seed to make mm. alcohol. So you actually start with a rice or barley base mm. and then add the uh, secondary ingredient. Right. Okay. And uh, do you know the history of shochu? There are several theories. Okay. The uh, It either came uh, up from Thailand through Okinawa to Kyushu, mm-hmm. uh, or it came uh, from Korea Mm. Uh, through the trade route to Nagasaki. And it may have actually developed both ways because Okinawa has their own distinct form of distilled spirit called awamori, which the Japanese government classifies as shochu, Mm -hmm. although it's actually a different production process with different ingredients. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the reason iki shochu from Nagasaki, the barley shochu, is so famous is because that was one of the earliest regions for producing Uh, shochu in Kyushu. Right. Okay. Well, actually, uh, there is a, a... 
beverage called soju from Korea. It's S O J U instead of S H U S H. Sorry, S H O and C H U. That's soju Japanese. So um, it makes sense that the you know that the theory came through Korea. I'm sure that happened too. That's an accident of language, though, because it has the same meaning. Shaojo in mm-hmm. Chinese, soju in Korean, and shochu in Japanese mm. all mean burned liquor mm. because of the distillation process. But if you drink those products in any of those countries, they taste very, very different, and the production processes are different. Mm. Okay. So there's the same origin somewhere, right? And uh, so the, the shochu is traditionally... Made only in south of Japan, and do you know why? Yes, actually, in Kyushu, uh, it's too hot most of the year to make sake. Oh. And uh, yellow koji, which is the traditional koji mm. used for sake production, mm. is really temperamental, okay. and it doesn't create a lot of acid in mm. the in the fermentation process. And the acid will fight off uh, other contaminants like other other molds or. Bacteria, which can spoil the batch, mm. and yellow koji needs really firm temperature control mm. in order to do its job without those other things growing. So, in a cold climate, the the growth properties of those other mm. organisms is suppressed because it's cold. Right. In a hot climate, those things grow quickly, mm. and so white and black koji, which are used in shochu production, uh, create enough acid to fight off the other organism during fermentation. Interesting. So. Um now, how do you make shochu? Now that we mentioned all those details, so what's the process of making shochu? So you start with koji. So you start with rice. Rice is the foundation of virtually everything in Japan. <laughs> That's and, true. <laughs> uh, to to make koji, you first wash the rice and then you steam the rice. And then, uh, as the rice is cooling, the steamed rice is cooling. You add the koji spores. Ko- koji is a is a uh, fungus. Uh, or microbe which grows in rice and what it does is it converts starches into sugars Mm -hmm. and uh, so the koji you then keep it in a temperature controlled room called a koji muro which is the koji room uh, which is usually a cedar lined room traditionally and then you have to maintain the temperature over a two day period in order to keep the koji uh, proliferating Mm -hmm. then once the koji's uh, essentially done its job to convert the starches into the sugars in the rice, you then add that koji into uh, a the first fermentation, which is water, mm. uh, yeast, and then the, the koji, okay. the koji rice that you've created. Mm. And then that, that fermentation lasts about a week. And again, you have to maintain a constant temperature. But what's happening during that, it's called a multiple parallel fermentation. And it's actually unique to sake and shochu production. There's very few other alcohols that use this process, mm. where the koji is breaking the starches into sugars, and then the yeast is breaking the sugars into alcohol. Mm. So you're fermenting in two ways at once. Right, so it's a parallel process. That's right. right. Like in beer or, or whiskey production, first you malt your barley, which is essentially the same as the koji process, mm. to break the starches into sugars. And then your second fermentation mm. is when you add the yeast right. to create the alcohol. Right, so it's in sequence, so that's the difference. And I heard that the, the parallel process creates uh, more byproducts. That's why you have more complexity. That's right. That's right. right. So once you've done that, once you've taken those seven days to create the, uh, the first fermentation, then you add the main ingredient. Oh. So for a sweet potato shochu, you then clean. So you wash the sweet potatoes. You trim out the, the rotten parts and cut off the ends because the ends are bitter. And then you steam the sweet potatoes, and then you add those steamed sweet potatoes to mm-hmm. the first fermentation, adding more water. So you get about four 
four times the volume of sweet potatoes compared to the rice. So mm. you end up with five times as much volume as you had after the first fermentation. Uh, that's why I have to wash a ton of uh, sweet potato. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So the it's kind of fermented twice and then... Um, but it's that it's single distilled, right? This distilled just that's only right. once compared that's to right. like whiskey that's many times distilled. Yes. Yeah, so the... Uh, the, after the first, the second fermentation, which is usually between 8 and 14 days, depending on the distillery, mm. uh, you then send it through a, a pot still, which is a traditional still, one time. Mm. And if you send it through more than once, it's no longer called, uh, it's no longer qualified as honkaku shochu, which is authentic shochu. Mm. Okay. So there's a higher quality that's, that's called right. the honkaku shochu. Right. And uh, I don't want to get to, uh, you know, to technical Things, but uh, just again, so lower, low pressure distilled, and uh, that's a kind of new technology. I heard it's newly developed. So what does it do? That's right. So a low pressure still boils at a lower temperature. It's like using a pressure cooker, mm. and because of that, the evaporate that comes out is cleaner. It doesn't have as much of the uh, residual oils, fatty acids, and things that will come through with a uh, atmospheric distillation with traditional distillation. Mm. Okay. So what's the result? Uh, like, uh, you know the. Um, atmospheric, distilled, and the low pressure. What's the result of the taste? With the low pressure, you end up with a light, clean, usually sweet shochu. Mm. Um, often it's, very, it's very popular with rice and barley shochus. Okay. With uh, atmospheric distillation, or juatsu, uh, mm -hmm. is, that's the traditional style, and that's where you're going to get much more flavor, much more richness. It's going to be much more full-bodied. Mm, like you really taste uh, the original the ingredients. That's right. Okay. Can you see it on the label? It's how it's made, or you, you just have to ask the... Usually it's on the label, but the labeling laws for, for shochu are a little bit esoteric. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, well, let's take a quick break here, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk about different types of shochu. So please stay with us. paying attention are you there hello 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 i'm talking to you hi hey this is jack insley i'm the executive producer here at heritage radio network i've been here at the station since 2009 and i cannot believe just how much this network has grown over that time we've been able to grow because of donations from people like you so if you're enjoying this if you laughed if you learned something contribute anything a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, anything counts. And trust me, we'll appreciate seeing your name come through on the donations. So consider visiting heritageradionetwork.org, click on that little beating heart, the donate button, and show us you care. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats, broadcasting live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. 
I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, and my guest today is Stephen Lyman, who is an expert of shochu and the founder of the website called kampai.us. So,、um, I heard there are two categories of shochu one is ko, and the other one is otsu. So, what, what are they? That's right. So, can you define those words for me? <laughs> Um, well, the ko is,、uh, what I understand is、uh, it's based, made based on continuous still and、uh, often mass produced. And、uh, as a result, it could be a lower quality. And、uh, it's cleaner because it's、uh, continuous still. But otsu is more、uh, traditional and artisanal and、uh, made with natural ingredients. And so it's made with a pot still, so, which allows shochu to maintain the flavor of ingredients and more than ko. Shochu. Am I right? That's right. But as I understand, in Japanese, ko is actually a superior word to otsu. Is that correct? Right. It's、okay. like, you know, like, you know, ABC on your grade. I think a long time ago, so you are like, you know. That's right. So the, <laughs> the ko shochu actually is what goes into chuhais,、mm-hmm. and it's very, very similar to Korean soju. Right. Okay. It's multiply distilled from mass produced ingredients in huge factories.、Mm-hmm. And. Because of the multi- dis- multiple distillation, you have no flavor.、Right. It essentially comes out of the still by the time it's finished at about 90% alcohol, and then it's、uh, diluted with water and other ingredients、mm. to sweeten it and change the flavors.、Right. Yeah, you mentioned shou-、uh, chuhai, so we have another you know, like, conversation about that later. But well, you earlier mentioned、uh, honkaku shochu, so that's、uh, otsu? That's otsu.、Shochu. And that's actually, from a shochu aficionado's perspective, That's a much higher quality. They wouldn't drink ko shochu.、Mm. They would only drink the、uh, honkaku shochu. Okay, right. And、uh, can you see、uh, on the label? Or? Yes, that has to be clearly designated. Okay, right. All right. And、uh, I think、uh, the otsu shochu became very, suddenly very popular in Japan in 2003 because the Japanese media started to say shochu can prevent anthrobosis, just like a red wine in 1990 in this country. So, That's right. Right. Okay.、Um, and、uh, I heard a flavor shochu is affected by different kind of koji, like you said earlier.、Um, so, can you, well, we actually, we have a, well, Stephen brought four different kinds of shochu, and I like my job. <laughs> so, we, we do quick tasting. So, first, how,、um, can you tell us、uh, the regions、okay. and the ingredients? So, I actually brought four different shochu today, representing the four different.、Uh, Shochu styles that hold appellation of origin status from the World Trade Organization.、Mm. And fortunately, this is also going to give us the spectrum of different koji that's used, as well as both the、uh, low pressure distillation and the atmospheric distillation.、Mm-hmm. And I think we'll drink from lightest taste to strongest taste. Okay.、Uh, the first that we're trying is actually an iki shochu, which is a barley shochu produced in iki. Nagasaki.、Mm-hmm. Uh, there are only seven distilleries still existing in Iki.、Mm. Uh, so it's a relatively rare shochu. Most barley shochu is now produced in Oita Prefecture.、Mm. The distinction between Oita shochu and Iki shochu is Iki shochu uses rice in the first fermentation and barley in the second. Okay. Oita shochu is all barley. It's,、oh, a, it's wow. 100% barley shochu.、Mm. So what we have here is a shochu that actually,、uh, the translation is a little bit. Like flirt a little bit. This is actually a convenience store uh, uh, packaging, right?、Uh, a plastic bottle, about 200 milliliters or so.、Oh, okay, but you said, you said it's like,、uh, you know, champagne or prosecco, that kind of、uh, um, designation. That's right. This is、yeah. frivolous packaging, but it's still a very nice shochu. Now, this is white koji and it's made with a low pressure still, so it has much less aroma on the nose、mm. and it's going to be a much sweeter,、right. cleaner taste than you'll get from some of the other shochu we try. Right. 
It's very smooth and clean, light, but you can really taste mugi, bali. That's right. And this is, um, I think, believe this one's about 20% alcohol. Okay. And the second one we have is one of my favorite shochu. This is uh, called uh, torikai. This is a rice shochu from Kumamoto uh, in Hitoyoshi. And mm-hmm. uh, this, this shochu distillery only makes this product. Okay. And they actually make ginjo rice like in a sake production style, with yellow koji mm. in order to produce this shochu. And they do it in a sake style, so they're continuously adding rice uh, to the fermentation rather than going through the first and then second fermentation right. process. Usually sake producers are separate from shochu, but they did together. That's right. Right. Okay. And this is a joatsu, or, or atmospheric distillation, with the yellow koji. So, well, that's more flavored, like a floral that's right, and that's what yellow koji gives you is it's much more floral and aromatic, mm-hmm. where white koji tends to be sweet and round. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yellow koji can, because it, and it's also very similar to sake. This almost has some anise mm-hmm. in, at the beginning, right. and then it very quickly drops into umami from the rice. Okay. Actually, I've been to this uh, distillery, and uh, the, the river runs through nearby, and they're so proud of the water quality, too. That's right. right. So the third one we're trying... Uh, is uh, Okinawan awamori. This oh. one is actually a kusu, which is an aged awamori. Mm-hmm. Uh, for shochu, you would say koshu. Okay. For awamori, they say kusu. And it's, uh, this one is aged, I believe, uh, between 8 and 10 years. Wow. In clay pots. This is black koji with uh, long grain Thai rice. Mm. And unlike, unlike rice shochu, which uh, they polish just as you would making sake, the uh, long grain Thai rice is unpolished. So you're getting a lot of the impurities mm. of the outer parts of the rice you get much more flavor with this mm. and definitely you smell something very much stronger that's right that's right and this is again black koji which is tends to be mm. I, I describe black koji as sort of wild and earthy mm-hmm. it's really unpredictable right. but with this one you get an interesting sort of almost caramel flavor mm, exactly. on the finish from the uh, clay pot aging mm. like uh, it's maybe weird but it's like texture feels like a cloudy like a uh, fluffy I don't know where it comes from. That's very interesting and good. And the last one? So the last one, actually, um, you're one of very few people that's tried this in the U.S. This is actually the shochu I made the first time I visited Kagoshima. Wow. So I brought it in uh, Isami packaging just to show you a beautiful uh, label design. But this Mm -hmm. is actually uh, Yamato Zakura Takumi, Mm -hmm. which currently is only available in two restaurants in Japan. Wow. How much would it be? <laughs> uh, well, it, you can't buy it. Right. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, in the Precious. restaurant, I think it's it's a normal price. It's about eight hundred yen a glass okay. in Tokyo. Right, like eight dollars. That's right. Right. This is a uh, white koji full pressure distillation sweet potato shochu, mm. but what makes it unique is it's uh, moroka, so it's unfiltered. Okay. The filtering for this basically is wiping it, uh, dragging a paper towel across the top of the of the tank to mm. take out any solids oh, wow. that are floating on the surface. But other than that, it's just coming straight into the mm. bottle that way. That's a very hard, labor-intensive work. But this is, I think this is my favorite because you really smell um, the potato, sweet potato, and I can think of many different food goes with it. Yeah, this I, Obviously, I like this one quite a bit since <laughs> I was involved in making it. But... Uh, with the Maroka shochu, none of them come to the States because, in fact, uh, many distilleries won't allow it to leave Kagoshima. Mm. 
because bartenders in other parts of Japan don't know how to take care of Moroko shochu. Ah, okay. Because of the residual oils, the oils can actually spoil, mm. and then the shochu taste is off. Okay. So I actually have to take care of these shochus at home mm. to make sure that they don't spoil in my, under right. my care. So mostly shochu have no expiration date, but this one, because it's Moroka, unfiltered. That's right. Uh, most shochu will, won't change their taste in 25 or 30 years sitting in your liquor mm. cabinet, but Moroka shochu, unless you're taking care of it, can change probably within a year to 18 months. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... That's amazing. And uh, I didn't know you can age. That's the third awamori was aged. That's right. Right. So what's the, what does the aging process do in terms of shochu? Does it make it wonder? Or? Virtually all shochu is aged three to six months. That's the standard in stainless tanks. So they're mm. glass-lined stainless tanks. And that's pretty much ubiquitous. Mm. Unless you're aging in wood barrels, mm. which gives you the vanilla of the oak. Or um, the clay pots, which really rounds it out. The, the clay is uh, unglazed. So it can breathe. Okay. And that continuous breathing really rounds out flavors. I really like the clay pot aged chochus. Mm. Uh, the sweet potato we're trying today is aged for one year in a stainless tank, so a little bit longer than the typical three to six months. Mm. Okay. So that was uh, the diversity of flavors. That's maybe another reason shochu is so popular. That's right. I think, you know, and unlike other spirits where they might have a lot of flavor, but there's not a lot of breadth to how mm. wide the flavor spectrum is. In shochu, it's almost endless with all the different ingredients. Right. Yeah, you really don't have the same uh, taste and the flavor smells everything different. Okay. Um, so how do you drink shochu? Daily. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's how often. <laughs> right. Um, no, so actually, it, it really depends on the shochu and the situation. So um, if I'm just out drinking with friends, the easiest way is just to drink it on the rocks. Uh, which is how we're used to drinking spirits here in the States, if we're just drinking spirits. Mm. And then in the summertime, I really like like shochu with soda. Mm. Uh, it really brightens it up and brings out some of the aromas. And mm. then, of course, because it's watered down, you can drink longer uh, mm. because you're hydrating. But uh, traditionally in Kagoshima is uh, what's called oyuwari, which is with hot water. Mm. And that's just fantastic in the wintertime. And also when you're eating rich foods, to have the oyuwari sweet potato shochu with all the big, bold aromas and flavors with the rich foods. Oh, because more flavor comes out. Okay. And can you do neat, too? You can do neat. I tend to do that more as a digestif. So there mm-hmm. are some... Everything we tried today is between 20 and 30% alcohol. But some shochu is undiluted, so they're not adding water before bottling. And those are called genshu. And in genshu shochu, I tend to drink those neat as an after-dinner drink. Okay. Right. So you can really, by occasion... You can diversify how to enjoy shochu. And, uh, well, the aforementioned chuhai, what is it? So chuhai is a shochu highball, and it's really a Japanese invention of a, of a cocktail using shochu. And really, it's usually fruit juices or different kinds of sweetened uh, beverages, such as ginger ale or Pepsi or Coca-Cola, things like that, uh, which are very, very popular in izakaya, especially mm. among younger people. Right. And uh, it's cheaper, and uh, I think izakaya cannot do without <laughs> so uh, the chuhai. Right. Okay. And any suggestions about temperature, serving vessels, and other things? So too? I tend to like um, to my shochu in sort of in a, in a glass that has a closed top because that holds in some of the aromas. Because if you have a an open top, mm. uh, 
the, the aromas dissipate a little bit too quickly. Right. I really like to drink Oyuwadi, the hot water mm. uh, mix, in a clay cup. Mm. Um, just it, Part of it, it just looks cool. Right. <laughs> but it also just has a different experience than drinking it out of a glass. Mm. So what's the size? Like, you know, if our listeners want to try shochu, they go get a bottle of shochu, and can they use a wine glass? They could. I tend to use low balls, the... Mm-hmm. Um, the short, short stubby oh, glass without right, a stem. Oh, right, like a whiskey. That's right, that's mm. right. I, I would usually do something like that if I'm doing it on the rocks. And then I use a Collins glass, a taller glass, if I'm doing the soda. And you can also mix it with cold water and ice. That's mm. a Mizuwadi. Right. Okay. And uh, temperature? So for the hot shochu, you want the uh, temperature to be around... Uh, 50 degrees or so Celsius. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want it to be too close to boiling because alcohol has a lower boiling temperature than water. Mm. So if you use boiling or nearly boiling water with the shochu, it'll burn the alcohol off mm. and it changes the, the flavor. So I tend to try to get the water down to about 50 degrees before I add the shochu. Okay, to maximize the flavor. Okay. And, uh, and sorry, one, one other point please, about please. that. <laughs> uh, with oyuwari, uh Typically, you want to add the water first and then pour shochu into that because the convection releases the aromas. Mm. If you do it the opposite and put the shochu first and then pour in the hot water, it suppresses the aroma. Mm. So some customers actually prefer it that way, but default should be to pour it, uh, pour the shochu into the hot water. Mm. Just quietly. <laughs> That's right, quietly. Zen. <laughs> okay. And um, well, I heard that the shochu could help to lose weight. Is that true? Well, I did an experiment. I, I do medical research. And so I did a, an N of 1 study, which means a, a study in one person, and that one person was me. Okay. <laughs> and I replaced my usual drinking habits of wine and beer and whiskey and different things with shochu uh, six days out of seven. So mm-hmm. I could drink whatever I wanted one day a week, but every other day, if I was drinking, I was drinking shochu. And I lost 15 pounds in seven months. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's a new diet phenomenon <laughs> part, part, part of the trick was that i was eating a lot more japanese food because if um, i wanted to drink when i was out mm. it had to be in a japanese restaurant because shochu is not available in too many uh american restaurants right not yet unfortunately but listeners 15 pounds in six seven months seven that's months dream and you can drink a lot of alcohol that's right <laughs> it's very healthy well some people say uh, um you know shochu doesn't give you any headache so because it's distilled and i think it's the, the type of you know the alcohol how your body fits with it that's right so i think you can get a hangover from shochu there's no question but it's more from dehydration Mm. the reason that you get stronger hangovers from like red wine or sake is because there's so much residual sugar Mm. and your liver actually has a hard time processing alcohol and sugar simultaneously Ah. and so that just kind of messes everything up and then you feel badly Mm. with shochu because there's no residual sugar uh, all your liver is doing is processing alcohol. Mm. And that's easier for it to do one job rather than two. Okay. So it sounds like a diluted shochu is the way to go. It's uh, healthier, relatively speaking, and it's just uh, flavor variations. You can have it every day because they're different flavors, and then it's, it doesn't hurt your liver as much. That's right. We should always drink in moderation, of course. <laughs> that's the first. Although one of the uh, longest living Japanese in history, uh, he died in his 120s or 130s, something like that. It's kind of, nobody knows exactly when he was born. He was from Okinawa, and he was drinking black sugar shochu every day for the last 50 years of his life. Wow. That was his, his secret to longevity. Mm. Well, I think I believe in it. <laughs> okay, so um, 
And the, you said you serve shochu every Tuesday at the Sakamai in Loai side, which is a, a cool combination bar and restaurant. So what kind of program do you have there? So Sakamai currently has about 50 shochu, both on menu and off menu. I try mm-hmm. to keep things in stock that are kind of hard to find, but they may not appear on the menu. Uh, and then every Tuesday we have a happy hour to introduce shochu to our customers. It's between 7 and 9 p.m. because I work long hours in my other job. Uh, and I basically talk to the customers about shochu and introduce food pairings and different things like that. Oh, wow. So you're an educator. Uh, so you change different kind of uh, regions or you kind of like uh, have a different theme each time? That's right. I'll theme based on koji, based on the base ingredient, based on the prefecture. Uh, since I had just come back from Japan the last time I bartended there, uh, I poured shochu from the distilleries I visited on that trip. Okay, great. So who uh, order those uh, different kinds of shochu at Sakamai? We have a pretty d- diverse uh, crowd that comes out for the happy hour. It's uh, a number of Americans who love shochu, and then we get uh, some Japanese tourists. Actually, for some reason, it, it's become known in Japan that if you visit Sakamai on Tuesday nights when you're in New York, you can drink shochu. <laughs> Well, I think you're doing a very amazing thing as an ambassador. Right. And uh, well, you said that you serve with food. So what kind of food pairings do you suggest with shochu? So rice shochu, I tend to try to pair more with uh, lightly seasoned vegetable dishes or sashimi, uh, kind of what you would do with uh, sake usually. Mm. Uh, and then sweet potato and awamori, I tend to go with much richer flavors. Mm. I find awamori goes really, really well with something like steak tartare. Wow. So a raw, rich meat like that with the awamori, the fats in the awamori and the fats in the meat just go lovely together. The sweet potato shochu is going to be fried foods, uh, grilled meats, mm. yakitori. Uh, one of my favorite things is tonsoku, the, uh, yeah, the grilled pig's feet. Pig's feet. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so we really have a good uh, diversity of food pairings. That's right. right. And then barley shochu, because it's, it actually kind of goes with everything. It's very easy mm. to pair barley shochu with a lot of different okay. kinds of food. What would you suggest with uh, turkey for Thanksgiving? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I might do a f- fuller-bodied barley shochu mm. uh, because of the sort of the after. I'm thinking of the aftertaste of turkey, mm. and I think a nice full-bodied barley shochu like yamanomori or mm. uh, taiso might go really nicely with that. Okay, because uh, there's some nuttiness, right? And that that would go with uh, the stuffings and chestnut, those kind of things. That's right. right? So barley shochu with turkey. Okay, and I heard uh, you also offer uh, lectures at uh, about shochu at the Gohan Society, which is a non-profit organization to promote Japanese uh, food culture, I think. And uh, would you like to talk about it? Yeah, so we actually, we've started a shochu program with Gohan Society where we're actually doing tasting dinners throughout the year, and we've decided to do seasonal tastings. Mm. And where we're deviating from that is uh, around the holiday season, we're doing boninkai and shinenkai. Right, which is... Forget the year party and mm-hmm. welcome the new year party. Right. So we'll be do, late December, we're having a boninkai uh, at Shigure in mm-hmm. uh, Tribeca. And then uh, in January, we're doing uh, shininkai at Azas on the Lower East Side. Okay. So what kind of, if our listeners are interested, um, they can get inf- information where? Gohan Society? Uh, Gohan Society website, which is gohansociety.org mm-hmm. or on uh, kampai.us, my website. Okay. Right. So, all right, anyone can go and, and then enjoy different kinds of shochu. And do you teach uh, classes first and then you, people enjoy food or just eat and drink? 
this is uh, this is really intended to be more of a nomi hodai. Okay. So just eat and drink and have, have a good time. But I'll be there to answer questions if okay. you're curious. That, that'd be fun. Okay. And uh, any recommendations for places to shop uh, shochu in the city? So the best selection for retail is at uh, Landmark Wines okay. in, on, in Chelsea. And then there's a very nice selection, a smaller selection at Sakaya in mm. the East Village. Okay. For buying uh, for home use. Mm. As far as drinking out, I would say, of course, Sakamai. Uh, Shigure has a great selection. Umenoye in the East Village. Mm. Uh, in Soba Toto and Shochu and Tapas Aya mm. uh, in Midtown East. Okay. Oh, and Shimizu, which is a sushi restaurant in a hotel mm. in Hell's Kitchen that has a phenomenal shochu selection. Oh, okay. I, I passed by and it was like a very quietly existing place, but I didn't know they have a great selection. They have a shochu bar in the back, actually, which oh, okay. is the hotel bar. So you'll be in there with like Irish tourists who have no idea what shochu is, oh, wow. drinking beer, and then you come in and you're drinking shochu and they get curious and ask <laughs> questions. So. Interesting. All right. So, um, well, thank you for joining us today, Stephen. And uh, if you'd like to know more about uh, Stephen's um, work and shochu, please visit uh, Kampai US. Uh, kampai.us that's uh, k-a-m-p-a-i.us and if you have any questions or comments about the show please contact us at heritageradionetwork.org and by the way we just launched a beautiful new website so please visit our page Japan Eats is live at 3, 3 p.m. on Mondays and always available at heritagenetwork.org iTunes and Stitcher Podcast today's show was made possible by Santori and our engineer is Liz Smith I'll see you next week thank you for coming listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org heritage radio network is a 501c3 non to donate and become a member visit our website today thanks for listening